1: Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined here by Drew Silva. Drew, how's it going? It's good,
2: man. I just finished up a nine-day vacation in Cape Cod. Uh, It was beautiful. Excellent. Um, Really relaxing, but also by the end of it, I was ready to get back to work. Um, Got back to St. Louis on Monday and been working some heavy shifts these last three days as uh, we wind down the first half here.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually I go down to the shore in South Jersey uh, for the 4th of July, but we're not quite ready to travel yet with the baby, so yeah. uh, we had it pretty low-key this year, but I was able to see some really awesome fireworks from my apartment in Brooklyn, like right through the front window, saw like the New York City fireworks, had like the perfect view, so not all bad. Um, but as you said, I mean, the holidays are always a busy time for us, like 4th of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day, there's day baseball, uh, baseball wall to wall, basically. Uh, so that really hasn't slowed down for us, uh, during this holiday weekend. Um, and of course we're basically at the midpoint of the season now, we're seeing all-star rosters come out, that sort of thing. Uh, so pretty interesting time in baseball, uh, sort of just to take stock of everything that's happened so far, um. I guess we'll get into headlines here in a second, but before we do that, reminder to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Audio Boom, plenty other places you can find this show. Okay, so it seems like the dominant theme for this week is big name returns, whether it's players returning from injury, demotion, etc. Uh, and we'll start out here with the Freddie Freeman situation. He made his surprise return from the disabled list on the 4th of July on Tuesday. Uh, we knew he was on a minor league rehab assignment, but uh, so we knew he was getting close, but he made it back a few days earlier than originally anticipated. Um, and by the way, Freeman was originally expected to miss about 8 to 10 weeks with his wrist injury, but he made it back in just about 7 weeks, so really beat that timetable significantly. Uh, of course, the big storyline with Freeman is that he's going to play third base uh, in order to keep Matt Adams in the lineup. Of course, the Braves acquired Matt Adams after Freeman went down originally. Uh, Adams has hit really well, so they want to keep that bat in the lineup. And the Braves are sort of on the fringe of contention, so they still kind of think they have a shot there. So um, Freeman seems all about making the move to third base. Um, I've seen a little bit of him playing third base so far, seeing him make some throws. And, you know, he looks okay, but you know, as I said, he seems into the position switch. So, I mean, who am I to argue with sort of this decision making? Um, From a fantasy perspective, I'm not going to complain about the third base eligibility. Uh, I think the big question now with him is how that wrist is going to impact his production moving forward.
2: Right. I mean, I saw him make a a couple of easy routine plays at third base in his debut. Uh, He did play first base or he's starting at first base on Thursday night with Matt Adams, getting the day off uh, against, I believe it's Chris Sale, a tough left-hander, or no, they're they're playing the Nationals, uh, Gio Gonzalez, a a tough left-hander. Yeah, he's
1: having a great year. I mean, his secondary numbers aren't backing it up, but he's having a good year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I I wonder if Matt Adams is going to get traded, if the Braves are going to try to flip him for a substantial prospect, because they really gave up a non-prospect to get him from the Cardinals, um, and he's hit at a career best clip over the last month. Plus Um, if they can capitalize on a team like the Yankees needing a big bat uh, at first base, uh, I think they're going to do it. Uh, He has one year left of arbitration with free agency looming in 2018. The Braves are rebuilding. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll talk themselves into keeping him and, 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 and keeping him as a middle of the order hitter leading into 2018. But I think they're, um, you know timetable to compete stretches a lot longer than that so uh, we'll see I, I think you know F- freeman can handle third base I, I i think he's athletic enough he did play it throughout high school he played he made a couple of starts there back in the gulf coast league after he was drafted um yeah like you said he seems excited about the, the change and it keeps adam's bat in the lineup at least against right handers
1: uh, what was surprising to me is that I believe he played two rehab games, so he really didn't get many chances at third base. Right. So you'd think they'd want to give him some more time down there, but uh, you know I, I understand it from Freeman's perspective. That they, they basically tore down that roster and really haven't competed uh, in a couple of years, so he probably sees like some light at the end of the tunnel wants to win just wants to be on a winning team so uh you know it's cool what he's doing can't really blame him for that situation but as you said i wouldn't be surprised if they traded matt adams because in my mind he may have already played his best baseball uh as an atlanta brave like we may have already seen that so uh this could be a smart time to shop him around and The Yankees are desperate for a first baseman. Uh, That's a glaring need right now. I wonder if Matt Holliday. I think he's on the disabled list right now with some sort of virus, but when he comes back, I wonder if he's going to see some time at first base. I think that could be a smart internal move for the Yankees. Uh, I know he had a little bit of experience there with the Cardinals last year, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, But given their internal options right now, Greg Bird may miss the rest of the year, uh, Tyler Austin's out for a while. Uh, they designated Chris Carter for assignment again. So uh, they have a clear need there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them emerge as a suitor.
2: Jai Man Choi is there starting first baseman. Sorry to cut you he, off.
1: He hit, a, he hit an Aaron Judge-like bomb uh, yes, he did. On, on Wednesday. So maybe it's yeah. contagious. We'll see. Yeah,
2: right. Um, the, uh, another big return, uh, if you want to get into Schwarber. Uh, sure. Yeah, he was recalled from A Iowa by the Cubs on Thursday morning after spending exactly two weeks in the minor leagues working on his plate approach and really just trying to clear his mind after batting 171 with a 295 on base percentage uh, over his first 64 games to open the regular season. I think the experiment went about as well as Schwarber owners and the Cubs could have wanted. He recorded 12 hits, including four home runs in 11 games with Iowa, racking up nine RBIs and nine runs scored. He did strike out 12 times in those 12 games, but he also drew eight walks. There were some minor mechanical adjustments made to his swing, less movement before pitches, and a focus on going the other way, though that's kind of the standard themes you hear for a med- midseason reset of this kind. Um, the results were there at AAA, though you know that was probably to be expected from a player of his caliber, a, a player who was an offensive hero in last year's World Series. Um, Schwarber hit fifth in his return to the Cubs starting lineup Thursday afternoon against the Brewers. He did go 0-4 with two strikeouts, which is kind of the same old stuff we saw before the demotion, but manager Joe Madden has stated earnestly that the 24-year-old could quickly return to the leadoff role that belonged to him from opening day into mid-May when his inconsistent production finally began the slide down the batting order, eventually leading to the uh, optioning to the minors on June 22nd. Uh, so the basic summary here is that Schwarber's back as the Cubs everyday lead off or everyday left fielder, maybe sitting against some left-handed pitchers. And also that he has a real shot of climbing up the batting order, possibly back to lead off. Um, Cubs management continues to offer glowing statements on his behalf, how well he took the demotion, how confident they are that he's going to be a great hitter in the, you know, present and, and, and long-term future uh, he's someone I'm trying to buy low on in dynasty leagues and even redraft formats. The power is already very easy to believe in, and he's a way more well-rounded hitter than what we've seen so far in 2017. I don't know that he's going to be in a Cubs uniform forever. Uh, he profiles much better for me as an American League guy because of the the inability to really play any position defensively besides maybe first base, but the Cubs have Anthony Rizzo locked in there. Uh, but I think we both agree the future should be bright. I don't know if it's going to happen this year in the second half. Um, but I, I would kind of bet that it does. I kind of bet that he comes around and, and has a really good final three months in Chicago.
1: And it's not going to take much for him to have value at the catcher position because uh, crazily enough, he still qualifies mm-hmm. as uh, as a catcher in Yahoo leagues at the very least. Um, what's going to be interesting is 2018 and beyond because uh, he's not going to have that catcher eligibility. So, how much he stands out as a fantasy outfielder moving forward. I think that's a legitimate question, especially with so much power in the game right now. So uh, he's a big name. There's big expectations. He's still young. Uh, I still have high hopes for him, but how much he stands out among outfielders, you know, remains to be seen.
2: Um, Who else we got? Another big return. um, Zach Britton was activated off the 60 day disabled list on Wednesday after missing exactly two months with a left forearm strain. Uh, he worked a scoreless ninth inning or scoreless seventh inning in the Orioles four nothing loss to the Twins on Wednesday night, pitching around a walk and a single by inducing three ground ball outs. Uh, Orioles manager Buck Showalter said before the activation that he would ideally be able to work off some of Britain's remaining rust in lower leverage spots with Brad Brock continued continuing to handle closer duties probably through the arrival of the All Star break. Uh, of course, that's only three days away at this point. Britain posted a 1.29 ERA over seven innings on his minor league rehab assignment, striking out eight batters. I think he's well equipped to step back in at closer in the second half and run away again with that gig. Though, as a guy with only one year left until free agency, it's possible he could be traded ahead of the July 31st deadline. Um, the Orioles are currently four games under 500 as we record here on Thursday evening, eight and a half games back in the American League East. Um, I think if you own Brock, you want to hold on tight for a while and see if this shakes back your way or maybe if you own both of them you know that'd be great um a friendly reminder that britain had a forearm strain which is not a minor injury and we've seen many pitchers re-aggravate those types of ailments in the past um so i don't know you hold on to brock in my opinion he he's like borderline standalone value as a setup man hasn't struck out a ton of batters this year but you know the era and whip are good
1: yeah, he'll help the ratios. So yeah, I would I would keep Brock around in case of an injury, case of trade, uh, but has that standalone value too. So worth keeping around. Uh, another name, not a big name, but uh, Charlie Morton. He's making his return from the disabled list Friday against the Blue Jays. He's had kind of an up and down year, but his strikeouts have been on the rise this year. He's been kind of a buzzy name, so I think he's worth a look in deeper leagues. Coming back from a lat injury. Um, we also wanted to check in on some high-profile players on rehab assignments, so we'll start with Mike Trout, of course. Uh, he underwent surgery at the end of May to repair a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his left thumb, uh, suffered that injury on a head-first slide into second base. Uh, he began a minor league rehab assignment Wednesday at high A. He went 0-3 with a strikeout uh, as, a, as the designated hitter. Um, what a bum. Yeah, a I know, bum. really. Uh, he needs more time on the minors, this kid. <laughs> Motion coming. Uh, yeah, so he went 0-3 with a strikeout uh, at, as a DH. First time facing live pitching in five weeks, so you know, we can give him a break. Uh, and really, the results don't matter. Uh, you know, he said he felt good, so I mean, that's really the most important thing at this point. Um, he was scheduled to maybe play the outfield on Thursday, so uh, things definitely moving in the right direction there. Obviously, great news for fantasy owners. Huge expectations for the second half. Um, but look at what the Angels have done during his absence they've gone 18 and 18 somehow um (laughs) and only find themselves two and a half games back uh of course the al al wild card race is super crowded feels like everybody's in it but they have as good a chance as anybody
2: yeah i mean with with these thumb injuries um especially with the torn ligament you worry about lasting effects offensively but man trout's just a guy you can bet on i you'd be foolish not to consider him your number one fantasy player for the second half, in my yep. opinion.
1: Sure. It's either him or, or I mean, Harper or judge at this yeah. point. Uh, yeah. Goldsch- I guess you can't argue with Aaron
2: judge. Yeah. Uh, I, I've run out of tweets about Aaron judge, by the way. I'm not, I'm never tweeting about him again. <laughs> I, just, I got nothing left. Man. <laughs> just
1: keep saying what he's on pace for with his home runs. I mean,
2: <laughs> that, that's kind of what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've caught on. Um, <laughs> um, another, Guy on a big name on a rehab assignment, Simon's Madison Bumgarner. Uh, He got lit up in his latest start Wednesday night with High A San Jose, surrendering nine earned runs on nine hits, including four homers. Bumgarner Hmm. said after the start that he felt fine physically, but he's now allowed 13 earned runs on 16 hits, two walks, and a hit-by-pitch over his last seven and two-third rehab innings. Hmm. Um, He did work three scoreless frames in his rehab debut June 25th in the rookie level Arizona league Uh, but I I, I would say the last two starts are pretty concerning Um, if this was a typical injury and a typical rehab assignment we might not look so deeply into the stats but Bumgarner suffered partial and complete tears of the two tendons that connect the AC joint in his left shoulder during that off day dirt bike accident in mid April and I think there's still that lingering concern about whether he's going to be the same guy when he comes back um, and, and I'd say we don't really have any clear answer on that right now. Um, he's someone you want to bet on like Trout, uh, given the past dominance, and especially on all the big stages. But we'll see how he fares in his next rehab outing scheduled for July 10th. Um, if That it it was supposed to be his last one, but we'll see. Uh, if it goes well, or even if it doesn't, I suppose, he he could return to the Giants rotation immediately after the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, I mean, that definitely worries me. Uh, I haven't seen, like, the velocity reports. Uh, yeah, neither have I. I. think that would be pretty interesting to see. Um, but I have a question for you, a challenge. Um, with Bumgarner the rest of the way, what do you think is more likely to happen? He has an ERA under three, or he hits three or more <laughs>
2: home runs. <laughs> oh. I'd have to know more about his injury to know how it, how it affects his offense. I haven't even considered this.
1: <laughs> that might be the most important question of all. Actually. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm I don't know. I don't. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the over on the three ERA. I'm I'm gonna give him the homers. Me too. I, I'm I'm worried about him, man. I, yeah. I c- mostly because I don't. I just don't know about this injury. Um, and it's just it's a rare kind of injury. He also messed up his ribs. Um, he's a big dude who's you know overcome minor ailments without issue, but this is a different kind of thing, and, and I, I don't think he's ever had an injury like this. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, shoulders are no joke. Um, yeah. And and despite, I mean, he came back sooner than I thought he would. Um, but, I, I mean, we shouldn't doubt Madison, Madison Bumgarner. He's just a beast. Um, yeah. But shoulders are just so tricky. We just really don't know what we're going to get. Um, and
2: and with, with the Giants struggling like they are, I, I think he's going to make more than one more rehab start. Why not? You know, I don't. Yeah, right. I, I just. What's the reason to rush him back this year?
1: And I also wonder, you know, if he if he stinks, like like he comes back and you know he gets a handful of starts and he's terrible, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he has some lingering soreness or something like that that they just shut him down and, and look toward next year. Yeah, I mean that's also a possibility. So, um, you know, somebody who's sort of a lottery ticket for the second half in fantasy leagues, but not someone I'd be banking on uh, to really turn around my season.
2: Yeah, we just, I would just say we have no idea at this point. Yeah.
1: Um, from here, I figure we could get into some players of note who are red hot at the moment. Uh, many of these guys are widely available in mixed leagues. Uh, I'll start with Yulieski Gurriel. Uh, this is someone we talked about a lot over the past year. A lot of hype with him when he signed with the Astros. Um, so I think it's safe to say he's, under, he's underwhelmed to this point, but he's been out of his mind recently Uh, as i noted in Waiver wired on thursday he's hitting 352 with six homers and 28 rbi over his last 30 games was hitting 256 at the start of this streak but now he's up to 299 on the year Um, not much patience with him he's only walked six times through 295 plate appearances this year Uh, and has 11 walks over 432 plate appearances in the majors so far overall uh, but there's no question he can hit, and of course we know the reputation uh, that he had in Cuba—one of the best players there for over a decade. I don't think he's necessarily someone you count on as being a starting third baseman in, in a shallow league, but certainly uh, if you need a utility spot filled, corner infield spot filled, uh, with that lineup as deep as it is in Houston, they are loaded. Uh, I think he's someone well worth picking up.
2: Yeah, I've picked him up and dropped him a bunch in all sorts of leagues. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm holding on to him right now. I, I Yeah, I mean, I, I think he passes the eye test with the bat. He's a really good hitter. Um, my guy is, uh, my first guy is Sonny Gray, who's owned in over 70% of Yahoo League. So this isn't a waiver wire type situation. But he opened the 2017 season on the disabled list with a lat strain. And he posted a 4.72 ERA over, his si- over six starts in May. But he's really gotten back on track over the last five weeks. And he's been especially great lately. Uh, Gray held the White Sox to two runs on three hits over six innings Wednesday in a 7-4 victory for Oakland, striking out five batters. He now has a 1.71 ERA over his last three starts, covering 21 innings. Um, the good run has also improved the straight, his trade stock a great deal. You'd have to think um, there is you know, there is talk of A's listening to offers on him ahead of the July 31st deadline. So maybe he winds up with a contender uh, probably in a smaller ball- ballpark than the Oakland Coliseum, but may- maybe a boost in win potential uh, with a better team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think given all the physical problems he's had over the past basically two years, I think they absolutely should listen, if not deal him, if not make it a priority to deal him. Uh, He's under team control through 2019, so still two more years on that deal. I think that adds to really his appeal um, and the possible return package. Um, But I think this is high time to trade him. I think they should absolutely do it.
2: Totally agree.
1: Yep. Um, Next guy I want to get to, Ian Happ. Um, still available in about half of Yahoo leagues. Uh, probably not for long though. Has 12 homers, 8.85 OPS through his first 48 games in the majors. Been especially hot recently. Uh, took an offer on Thursday, but hitting 3.49 over his last 14 games. Kyle Schwarber's back, as you mentioned. Uh, Jason Hayward's healthy again. Um, you know, that outfield's still sort of tricky. Albert Almora Jr., uh, John Jay. There's Ben Zobrist in the mix between the infield and the outfield. Uh, Javier Baez at second base. So that's a lot of names to juggle for Joe Madden. but I don't see any way you can sit him right now. Uh, I believe that Hap is still out there in about half of Yahoo leagues, but I really love the power potential. He's eligible between second base and the outfield, so has that multi-position eligibility going as well. And when the Cubs offense is really rolling, it's also super deep, sort of similar to the Astros. We saw the Cubs lineup last year when they're really rolling what they can do. half has been getting some at-bats out of the cleanup spot, so really a lot to like with him.
2: Yeah. Uh, Brewers shortstop Orlando Garcia is somebody I brought up a, a couple podcasts ago as a youngster who seemed to be finding his offensive footing at the major league level. We know about the defense but the 22 year old has batted 359 with an 888 OPS in 44 games since May 18th and he also went one for four with an RBI walk and a run scored in Thursday afternoon's win over the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Overall his batting average is up to 291 for the season and he also has eight home runs and five stolen bases on the year. Uh, That includes three home runs in his last 10 games. I think it's Probably time to start taking the Brewers seriously and time to start treating Arcia as a, a pretty well-rounded player. Um, the Brewers lead the National League Centrals up to four and a half games following Thursday's victory over the second-place Cubs. Uh, I, I like Arcia, man. I I, I think it was going to take longer than this for him to become like an offensive contributor, and and still the counting stats aren't really there. But almost like a Francisco Lindor. Uh, comp, where he didn't really rack up counting stats in the minors, but the, you know the talent's there. You know he's going to be a good player, and um, I think he's starting to hit his stride.
1: He's super exciting defensively too. Yeah, um, yeah, he's great. I think the you know the downside is that he's hitting eighth. You'd love to see him sort of earn his way up toward the top of the lineup. And I certainly think that's possible. Uh, I think coming into this year, I was looking at him more as like a speed option. Um, yeah. But he's maturing at the, at the plate really quickly. Uh, really exciting player. So, um, you know, not someone you'd have as a starting shortstop option. But if you need a middle infielder, especially in the short term, I think he's well worth a chance uh, with what he's shown this year, improve the contact rate. So uh, I'm into that as well. Another young player, uh, Raimel Tapia with the Rockies, another rookie, uh, exciting outfield prospect. Had a couple more hits uh, Thursday against the Reds. He's hitting 315 so far, 365 on base. Uh, has a couple of homers, three steals, 20 runs scored through 35 games. Uh, gets course field half of the time, so that's really nice. Uh, so, really nice all around production. Uh, it looked like his playing time is going to dry up with Carlos Gonzalez coming back from the DL, but. He's in good position for short-term value now that Ian Desmond's out with the right calf strain, uh, but obviously exciting for the long term as well. But if you need a short-term option, and let's say you're a four or five outfielder format, multiple bench spots or multiple utility spots, I think he's well worth a pickup as well.
2: Yeah, to pee about a Pia batted leadoff on Thursday too with nice. um, Nolan Arenado getting the day off, and so they put Charlie Blackman third, which I mean it tells you tells you the Rockies really believe in him. Um, it looked like he was going to be buried on their depth chart for a while, but you know, he he's really forced himself into that mix.
1: Yeah, and David um, David Dahl's been out all year right, too, and who knows yeah. when he'll be back? So that's right. unfortunate.
2: Um, an- another young outfielder is uh, Malik Smith of the Rays, owned in only eighteen percent of Yahoo leagues as of this recording. I would expect that number to rise as we head into the All Star break. He is taken over as the club's primary center fielder with Kevin Kiermaier out until August due to a fractured hip. And the 24-year-old speedster is batting three thirty-three with a four oh five on base percentage and 122 plate appearances after going 4-for-4 four four on Wednesday at Wrigley Field. He has 10 stolen bases and 21 runs scored in 31 games, only 28 of those games being starts. Uh, a nice, reliable speed threat who can be picked up right now in a whole lot of leagues.
1: Yeah, I'm into it too hitting lead off for the Rays. Uh Kevin kiermeyer seems like he'll be out for maybe another month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh so a guy you could jump on, get some get some steals. Um you have to do you have to balance your roster though. Uh you know, just with so much power in the game, he's not going to give you that. So as long yeah. as you feel secure uh with your home run situation, I think he's well worth a try. Um the last guy I wanted to mention here is Aaron Nola. Uh someone who's owned in a lot of leagues, but uh, coming in the year, I had really high expectations. I think he's been a Roto-World favorite for a while, um, but assuming all was okay with his elbow, I was really into him. Uh, of course, he started out great last year before things went south, really about exactly a year ago, um, was eventually shut down early with his elbow injury. Um, he started this year healthy, but he only made it through three starts before going down with a lower back strain, ended up missing about a month. Uh, had some ups and downs after that, but really hitting his stride recently. one two, seven ERA, 25 strikeouts and 7 walks over 21 and two-thirds innings over his last three starts. Uh, doesn't get a ton of swing and misses. That's really not his game necessarily, uh, but has great movement on his pitches. Um, and you look at the overall numbers, the secondary numbers, they're really strong, more than a strikeout per inning with good control. Uh, you know, the Phillies offensively, I don't think they're going to give him much help. Um, so maybe the win potential isn't there necessarily. Um, but when he's healthy, uh, I think he's one of the more exciting young pitchers in the National League.
2: I think we should talk a little bit about trade rumors because you know, they, they have started. And I, There's nothing really substantial yet. But like I, I was working news today, you know, being Thursday morning and afternoon. And John Morosi of MLB Network reported the Nationals are showing interest in Reds closer Rysel Iglesias, mm-hmm. of course, you know the Nationals have been connected to every late inning reliever on every non-contending team in baseball. But I, I mean, I think Iglesias is, is, is an interesting dude under contractual control with Cincinnati through 2020, and I believe he'll have an arbitration year after that as well. So it's going to take a big package to get him, but the, you know the Nationals seem willing to do what it takes to to shore up that bullpen, or they they really have to. Yeah. Um, Iglesias is a 27 year old who's really been sensational in the first half. A 1.59 ERA, 46 strikeouts and 39 innings, 15 for 16 at save opportunities. Reds manager Brian Price was talking before the year about trying different guys in that closer role and maybe being flexible with it, but it, he really hasn't done that. It's it's been mostly Iglesias. Um, I, I don't know if, if the Nationals could pull off a deal. To get a Glacius, that would be pretty impressive. I, I think it's going to take more than they might even have in their farm system. Um, other trade rumors like Justin Verlander, Buster Only of ESPN, said it's going to take a big, big return to get him without a salary offset. He's owed a lot of money, and he's not having the best year, but he was obviously very good last year, and I think he'll have some appeal, especially for National League teams uh, you know, that, that need a, a top flight reliable veteran starter who, i think of the who, cubs
1: yeah i mean yeah i mean it's a very short <laughs> list of teams that one would afford him could afford him or could give the prospects the tigers want uh, but i think the money is the main factor still owed uh 14 million this season around there uh 28 million he's owed uh 2018 and 2019 so that's a lot uh he yeah, else-
2: the Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: He also has a vesting option. Like, let's say he bounces back, has a vesting option for 2020. Uh, It becomes guaranteed if he finishes in the top five Cy Young voting in 2019. And that's another 22 million. Unlikely that'll vest, but you never know. Um, So that's a lot of money to give up for someone, as you said, and really not having the best year um so i mean yeah the teams that come to mind for me are the cubs and the dodgers other than that i can't really (laughs) think of anybody else who would go for
2: it well Uh, those are both good fits though they
1: they are they are but i also think the tigers are may have to you know give a little bit as far as the money's concerned
2: i I totally agree with that and i and i don't think they're going to get big time prospects for them. but the way the tigers front office has talked about we're, we're cutting costs um we need to kind of change the blueprint of this roster i think if they they have an opportunity to dump a lot of that salary and maybe get some young talent in return they might go for it um they're they're not going to trade miguel cabrera i don't i don't even know if he's tradable with with the age and the injuries or maybe he is but um and the contract but I, i think if they have an opportunity to dump verlander for some young talent i think they'll do it
1: and and we should say verlander has a full no trade clause um though i suspect he probably wouldn't object to go into the Cubs or the Dodgers. Um, no. with a, both teams have a legitimate chance to, to win a World Series uh, this year, even though the Cubs have disappointed. I don't think it would shock anybody if they just became a monster in the second half. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me in the least. Uh, and they figure to be an active team leading into the trade deadline. I, I think they really need to, to trade for a starting pitcher. So um, The Dodgers I feel better about, especially with the emergence of Alex Wood, uh, who's yeah. been insane this year and somehow not an all-star. I'm not... I didn't want to gripe about all stars in this episode, but uh, it's crazy he's not an all star.
2: Isn't he going to replace Clayton Kershaw? Cause... That's
1: that's what they're saying, and that okay. th- that makes logical sense. Uh, Justin Turner won the final vote thing. Oh, did he? Uh,
2: that just came out before we started. Yeah,
1: I mean he's hitting like three ninety. So I mean, yeah, f- fine, that's totally cool. <laughs> but but what what is weird is that Chris Bryant is not an all star this year, and uh, yeah. If I, if I could say one thing about the All-Star game, it's, like, what is the point of the game? Is it, like, the best player, the players having the best years, or is it the best players? Or is it, like, a combination of things? You know what I'm saying? Like, if MLB is trying to market their young stars, like, don't you want Chris Bryant there? Like, especially with Mike Trout not being in the game, like, chris bryant not being an all-star not being present for their showcase like really seems silly to me
2: so is the cubs only is wade davis the cubs only all-star
1: as of now yeah that's crazy
2: He <laughs> really is bizarre for a defending world series champion and davis wasn't even on the world series team yeah to I not mean, have one representative well I, if you I think, think, that... I think it, it speaks horribly of cubs fans i do <laughs> want to rant <laughs> against cubs fans
1: <laughs> i know you would love that opportunity get uh, a job <laughs> But, I mean, nobody on the Cubs is really having a great year. They really yeah. aren't. So, I mean, I understand it. And even Chris, Chris
2: Bryant's having a pretty great year. Yeah, he's having a
1: – by normal people's standards, he's having a fantastic <laughs> year. Uh, but maybe down a little bit from last year. But some of that may be, you know, context. Uh, the players around him, not many players on base in front of him. You know, like yeah. – I, I just think it's crazy he's not in the All Star game. I didn't
2: want I didn't want to talk about the All Star game, DJ. That I don't one, know why you...
1: that one thing, bo- <laughs> that one thing bothers me, especially now that the game like means literally nothing. It's in yeah. It's an exhibition game. Like just have to me, it's the best players should be there, not like the guy who had the best two months. Yeah, Does that make
2: I mean, sense. The- yeah, I, I hear you. I totally agree with you. I mean, Chris Bryant should be there, man. He's having a fine year, an exceptional year, um, and he's one of their bright young stars. Uh, the other trade rumor that I had, well, you know, the Blue Jays are an interesting case. Um, you know, they've fallen off again after after kind of getting hot for a bit, um, and they've got a lot of pieces that they could trade. The, the big one being Josh Donaldson, I'd say. Um, you know, he... He's having not a good year, but you look over the last three years, um, nine thirty-two OPS in his last three hundred and fifty-four games since the beginning of two thousand fifteen. Fox or MLB networks, John Morosi reported earlier this week that the Cardinals are showing interest, but haven't had any formal trade discussions. Those are the kind of rumors we're dealing with in, in early July. Mm-hmm. That you know a team is interested, but hasn't talked to the other team that, that <laughs> you know owns the rights to the guy. Um, I think there would be a lot of great fits. I, the Yankees and Red Sox could use help at third base. The Cardinals could, too. I don't know if the Cardinals would fork over the, prospects, the kind of prospects it would take to get Donaldson. But um, you know, the Blue Jays are going to be an interesting team to watch, whether they're a uh, seller, because they have a lot of parts to sell. I think the Cardinals have parts to sell, too. They could trade Lance Lynn, who's um, an impending free agent and having a pretty good year. Um, and, and probably going to be seeking like a hundred million dollar contract, uh, you know, this off season. But I just want to get our listeners into the trade deadline vibe. It's it's something we'll cover probably more next week um, during the All Star break when we have a little bit of time to, you know, think about who who might be heading where and you know the big trade candidates and how that might affect their fantasy outlook.
1: Definitely a lot of trade talk starting next week. I expect the rumors to really pick up uh, during the All-Star break. So next week's episode, we'll get into some of that. We'll get into some headlines a- around the league. We'll get into first half surprises, players to watch for in the second half. Um, if you want to get in touch with this show, you can always email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ Short. Drew is on Twitter at Drew Silve. And we'll see you next
0: week.